0: Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. Becca Robertson was born completely blind, but after a number of operations within the first couple of years of her life, she managed to regain a little bit of sight. Although school was a mixture of good and bad, Becca ended up with a fantastic career and joins us now to tell us her story. Becca, thank you so much for joining us here on RNIB Connect Radio. You're welcome, no problem at all. Now, Becca, you were actually born with cataracts in both your eyes and you couldn't see at all when you were a baby, could you? That's right, apparently. I don't really remember too much about it, but I was born with no eyesight at all, yeah. And were your cataracts operated on pretty much immediately then? Yeah, I think so. Between between sort of being born in the ages two to three, there was many
1: operations done to sort of needle the cataracts away. I think that's what they... They used to do more than anything, so I've got some scarring on my right eye now. That's that's sort of there forever, I guess.
0: And did that leave you then with with further eye complications? Then? Well, I have got some problems with deformities within my eye.
1: Um, a doctor termed it iritis, but it's not something I've heard of quite commonly. Um, where where the eye was probably quite weak anyway. Um, so when I was four years old, I got measles, and that made me sort of develop glaucoma. Um, Which completely blinded me in my left eye, Um, but I retained a little bit of vision in the right eye. I I was speaking to my mum at the weekend to try and say, was there something that they said? Is it got a condition name? She said, no, it's sort of a bit of everything you've got there, really. So, (laughs) uh, so I've, I've got astigmatism as well, but apparently the shakes are in the middle of the eye. So that's how I'm luckily able to see something through my right eye.
0: So did that mean that you actually did go to a mainstream school then? Did you need specialist schooling at all? Yeah definitely. My mum was in two minds because she was approached quite early for me to go into specialist
1: education through primary and she was reluctant but the headmaster was such a lovely man. He'd come and listen to us read and everything. It was lovely. It was a lovely school. There was about 52 of us through my primary education Um, and That was just wonderful. We learnt lots. It was a specialist school in Leicester. Uh, But then that closed down towards, well, it was as I was due to go into secondary education. So at that point, I was then out of special education and into mainstream with a support unit they had for for visually impaired. But that didn't work so well for me.
0: (laughs) No, I know that you felt that it wasn't a great secondary experience for you, was it? Not at all, no. And there were quite a few problems within
1: the school. Um, and then they spent quite a bit of money putting a, a facility in uh, for visually impaired where you had support staff. What tended to be the problem is that teachers weren't always aware, you know, that they didn't always get the information to the visually impaired unit before the lessons. So you would miss so many lessons because you'd be doing a trip down to the unit to get your sheet retyped and everything. So by the time it came to it, you didn't. So that was one of the sort of obstructive things, along with kind of being bullied and generally not having the nicest experience, really, through through my secondary education.
0: So do you feel that you were bullied because of your sight loss then?
1: Yeah, I can't name my bully. Um, It was just anybody who kind of fancied a bit of a pop, I guess. Um, at the time I was wearing glasses as well which um, as you can imagine with my low vision was very very magnified uh, which of course straight away magnify your eyes uh, so you're very obvious you stand out um, so that that was that was a bit of a, a problem and I, I guess a laugh for somebody looking to to point you know fun I guess so it could just happen with anybody in the corridor um, as it did tend to, to stand out quite a bit, I suppose, at the time.
0: It's always amazed me just what people are bullied for. You know, in your case, glasses know, and, and your visual impairment. <laughs> I, I remember yeah. when when I was at school, I I was very popular at school and I had loads of friends and uh, that was in, in Southern Ireland. Um, yeah. And then I came over here to Scotland to do a year um, it was to do my hires. And I was very badly bullied, all because I had an Irish accent. And oh. it's it's incredible just the silly little things that can really turn your life around because bullying it's does time, do that. It? But, yeah, exactly. When I got
1: home as well, I was sort of twenty minutes, half an hour away from home. So I was picked up by the county council buses and taken to school and from school, but you're 20 minutes, half an hour away, so you're not connecting with people out of the school day either. So they were quite lonely years on the whole, really, because in school, I didn't feel like I was connecting to people and outside of school, whilst my family are amazing and I've got lovely family and they've
0: got, we've got lovely family friends at a time, um, it was still quite a lonely experience, really. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. I think this is what kind of was a bit catch-22 for you, wasn't it? Because I know that yeah. that your primary school were amazing with you they were amazing years of your life but at the same time you were saying that when you went to mainstream school it it was very isolating as well so you know if you had stayed in a specialist school then obviously you would have been around other kids that the you know had similar needs to you at the time but at the same time you still might have felt a bit isolated when you were home at night. Exactly, exactly. But um, everything kind of changed after secondary school because I got three amazing years at
1: Worcester, I B, College Worcester. Um, and then I did make friends with my peers. And to, to tackle the problem of being away from home, obviously I boarded at Worcester. But then I used to take my friends home with me. <laughs> my mum and dad always had an open house. So if someone wasn't going back to their mum and dad, they would come home with me. <laughs> <laughs> so I had three years of being able to catch up on all the friends I hadn't made and made lots of friends at Worcester.
0: Do you feel that Worcester really kind of turned life around for you then? What did you study there? Yes, I started A-level, so there was a little bit of a rescue mission
1: on what hadn't happened at secondary school. So I managed to get most of my relevant GCSEs bar maths, which I retook at Worcester. Worcester also retaught me um, Braille because I'd learned Braille at primary school and, and sort of through to secondary, well, not so much through to secondary, but a little bit, but never actually. Used it in lessons, so I guess as a kid, your logic is well, what am I doing this for? But at Worcester, it was the only way to do A levels. They said, Becca, this is going to be get you through, and they were able to give me grade one braille straight away of my text. It was just a dream come true so I'd sit with the braille teacher every week and I've picked it up really quickly she was always really impressed managed to come away with three a levels and go off to university which was
0: amazing <laughs> absolutely incredible well done yeah you. I mean it is amazing oh. how you know people can bully you and it can absolutely crush you but it doesn't necessarily mean that it stops your life in its tracks you can actually go on and and build a good life for yourself I know that absolutely. for me you know at the time all you want is revenge and then then you know you realise that actually the best revenge is to be successful, which is exactly what yeah. you did. It's character building. <laughs> I've got I've got memories that serve
1: me well. I think um, just with things that I do now, that I've got an empathy with people, and I realise how it can be, um, but also draw from my own happy experience of life now, um, as it gets happier and happier every year I live. Um, that you know you can keep going, and but you can also identify with people that are still going through that horrific situation, I guess.
0: So what about uh, university? You know, how did you find going from Worcester to university? Because obviously at Worcester, everything is geared around blind and partially yes. sighted people. So how were university geared up for it? I went to Teesside in Middlesbrough and I was ready to adapt. You know, textbooks, I had some,
1: some of those taped for me. Um, I also reverted back to print a little bit. So I tend to use large print and a black background with white text So CCTVs have been absolutely amazing for me. And now the iPad does exactly that as well for me. So I've kind of reverted back to print, even though I was using Braille for A-levels. It's just brilliant the way technology
0: has come on over the years, isn't it? Oh, it just solves so much. I'm so lucky. For me, it's like burning an image onto your eye. So anything that's lit up computer-wise it's been fantastic. Very much so it's incredible it really really is. Now you went on to to work you had a very successful job didn't you? I left university and I bit worried about
1: what would I do but I came home I'd studied marketing at university and there was an opening at a company and it was just to sort of enter data onto a database and do some canvassing Um, and I could take my CCTV in and and back then in the the late 90s there had just this huge reams and reams and reams of paper with with printed off data addresses and names and phone numbers and I was adding them onto a database and then canvassing them to check um, what systems they were using it was a telecommunications company and then from there um, a marketing manager was put in place and I became his assistant so designing PowerPoint presentations which are nice large text things that I could do really easy, which I enjoyed doing. Um, and then just develop my knowledge of marketing. So I've, I've stuffed about 5 million envelopes, I think, over the years. Um, but then just built it because he eventually, the marketing manager eventually left the the uh, company and became a consultant for them. So I, I sort of took his place. So I was doing the, the marketing management for the company, so managing all the direct mail, I ended up running a small team of telemarketers as well. where I was supervising them. And so I got a lot of experience, but just within one company. Uh, and then redundancy came in 2010. So that was the end of of kind of that experience but it lasted 11 and a half years.
0: The redundancy was a big blow to you it really was but uh, one majorly positive thing probably the most positive thing to come out of uh, working with the job you had was uh, meeting your wonderful husband Ade. Yeah that was the best part definitely I think two years from the end I'd, I'd moved into my own house and then I met
1: Ade uh, and I think it within sort of three to four months he'd moved in and a year and a half later
0: we were married and
1: <laughs> yeah so that was the best thing definitely to come out of that job
0: <laughs> and the the rest is history and um, but not only yeah. that but you also yes. set up your own business didn't you? you've you got a very successful marketing business of your own now I have yeah I work for myself now so during the time after redundancy I, I sort of signed up with recruitment
1: agencies and did all the usual but the other great thing that I did is started to go business networking so meeting people around Leicester that were, were also sort of small businesses as well. Um, and that was sort of shortly after my redundancy. My friend said, come along and just say who you are, that you're in marketing, you know, due to redundancy, looking for other opportunities. And from the first meeting, there was a, a guy who had a security business. He said, well, I need a couple of weeks covering the summer. Can you come in? And I thought, this is the way forward, because you're not just on a piece of paper. You're meeting people, you're conversing with them. You can explain about the visual difficulties, which aren't really difficulties, but opportunity and having you there in their company. And I found that's the way forward. So I started off with a very simple business idea of capturing data for businesses from business cards, but then developed it and thought, no, I'm going to, you know, carry on with my marketing and get into the practical side of helping people with social media and copywriting and all sorts of newsletter bits and bobs that they want doing. I can do all of that. So really happy doing that and uh, after five years or, or six years in i am now people are coming back and wanting more from me so that's great oh, congratulations
0: really that's Thank just you. it's just brilliant it really is and of course not that you're busy you know you're not that you're not busy enough but uh, you also <laughs> do a uh, community radio as well Outside I this, do. you've got your own show that's what the last The last six
1: years have done for me, given me total independence, lots of confidence in my work. But I also met some contacts that worked at the local community radio in Market Harborough, and I've got heavily involved in that. So I have a regular Saturday morning where I help another presenter and I present my own show after that, which I'm absolutely delighted about. I've always wanted to do it, but been too scared. But that's one of the things that's come about in the past five years. Um, And I also get to do daytime cover sometimes when other presenters can't do their own shows
0: i think this is the beauty of of what you're doing now working from home with your own business you can juggle things about and if you need to uh, you know you can work a little bit later at night but do your radio during the day so congratulations that's right thank you it just keeps everything really flexible yeah so i'm really pleased fantastic well do you know something becca it's so lovely to speak to you it really is i know that uh, your guide dog jolly is a a huge huge support to you as well i mean there's a total love affair between the two of you
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, but he's my third dog, and oh, I wouldn't have it any other way. I absolutely, it makes such a difference having a guide dog. So,
0: yeah. Becca, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you today on RNIB Connect Radio. Thank you so much for joining us on the program. Oh, thank you so much, Jill. It's lovely to talk to you. For more downloads like these, visit slash podcasts